Broadcasting live from Las Vegas, Nevada, it's that groovy little podcast that gives you a first-person look into what it's like to call Sin City your home. It's the Living in Las Vegas podcast. Yes, it is. There it is, everybody. Look out. <laughs> okay. Easy now. Well, welcome, everybody, to... You hear that? That's the sound of Las Vegas. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Living in Las Vegas podcast here on the Vegas Video Net. Look at you. It's super cool. Hey, by the way, let me be the first to congratulate you because you're watching or listening to the longest-running podcast about Vegas that actually originates from Vegas, which means that it does not matter whether you are a tourist or a local this show is like your own secret handshake to all things ghoul and groovy. Now, our free show is on the first and third Tuesday of every month, although there will be an exception coming up here. At 7 o'clock Pacific Time, p.m. at VegasVideoNetwork.com forward slash live. Again, VegasVideoNetwork.com forward slash live. Hold on. I'm going to share something with you. There it goes. Uh, listen, come on over. Christina Aguilera is always right. Come on over. Have some fun. Some really cool people here in the live chat. There's Pops and Sam and Bob, Ozzy Deb and Faze Jitter, Huron Designer. We got all kinds of groovy people hanging out. And they like each other. I think that's kind of sweet. And they, they embrace each other. That's kind of cool as well. And they also get some inside scoop, right? So we started streaming I don't know, 15, 20 minutes before the big show. So they got to watch me, uh, watch my switch get unplugged and watch the laptop get uh, disconnected. That was fun. And then after the show is done, we do VVN 2.0, a kind of an after dark thing where what happens? I'll tell you. We talk about things, we share things that we wanted the live chat people to know, but we simply didn't want to have on the record. So again, VegasVideoNetwork.com forward slash live. Well, hello. I'm your host, Scott Whitney. Konnichiwa, buenas noches. How you doing, hot stuff? I am the founder of the Vegas Video Network. So on behalf of all these shows, we have a new one coming on June, July 11th, and maybe a couple more after that. I want to say thank you for supporting those shows, and thanks for your support on this groovy little podcast as well. And hello to Bob T 17 c 319887 4 New in the live chat, first time in the live chat, but I've met Bob. Bob's from St. Augustine, Flora. We met at Golden Tiki. I think it was a have a drink on Bob. I believe he bought me a drink, which means he is going to heaven. All right, let's uh, get this party started, shall we? Bob, Bob, Bob. This is going to be a distinctly different type of episode than what I usually do here. Uh, much more personal. So I will say at the jump, if you are looking for a lot of that Vegasy goodness kind of stuff, uh, other than Hannah, this isn't going to be that show. So I invite you to, to gently leave our, our, our area here and, and no hard feelings. I'm going to be titling this show Scott's Next Great Adventure. Um, and, and here's the deal. So this will be the last show that we do uh, before our summer break. And we did this last year. We take off July and August. And the general idea here uh, is, you know, a little R&R. Take it easy. Hang out by the pool. Drink some Mai Tais. Live the life of Las Vegas. At least that's the general idea. And uh, last year I did a little bit of that, but did some worky, worky stuff. But this year, that's not what's going to happen. I'm not going to take any time off. In fact, what I'm going to do is continuously work feverishly 
on this new business thing that I am about to launch. So uh, before I talk about this new business thing with you and share with you what I've got, uh, you know, up my sleeves, if you will, I think it'd be helpful to understand a little bit about how I came about the decision uh, to do this. So as many of you guys know, I run uh, a number of interconnected businesses here in Las Vegas. It starts with Podworks. Uh, which is the parent company of everything. It's an internet broadcasting company that specializes in podcast and live streaming video productions. Our job is to solve the problem traditional websites have created. And Podworks owns the Vegas Video Network, of which this show is a part of, owns Vegas Video Co-op, and live stream Las Vegas. What's been interesting about all those shows, I'm sorry, all those businesses, is that I'd say in the last four years-ish or so, I've seen a significant increase in requests for coaching help. In other words, people see me and go, hey, could you, you know, give me some help on coaching? And, and, and it's, it, it tends to be sales stuff, a lot of sales stuff, marketing stuff, video production naturally, and some live streaming stuff as well. And, and I think um, the reason why this is happening, both why the businesses are doing well and why I'm getting these coaching requests is because of my history uh, as an entrepreneur. And let me explain what that's about. So um, back in 1998, um, after having spent 15 years in the, in the corporate world. So I, first of all, I, I uh, out of high school, I had a 2.5 grade point average. Uh, my SAT score was not applicable because I didn't take it. I was too busy. Uh, so I went to the Air Force and I went in as a five foot nine boy and I came out as a six foot uh, man and learned some cool stuff, but I had to leave the Air Force because it just didn't feel like it was much of a test for me. So I went into the corporate world and, and worked my way up in about 15 years to being a director of marketing for Compaq Computer. At the time, Compaq was the largest PC and server manufacturer in the world. I was director of marketing for electronic commerce and, and financial services. I was making a boatload of money and it felt pretty good except I had these two things that were constantly nagging at me. And one was, uh, it, it, I didn't feel like it was a huge challenge. I didn't feel like I was, you know, gonna, was that much at risk. And I wanted to challenge myself to see if I could actually run a business. And the second one was, if you wanna run or, or, or be in a great company, it's never too late to start it yourself. So I thought, okay, I, I'm gonna jump. And so I did on November 18th, 1998, I think I was 37 years old, I jumped into the entrepreneurial waters. And during that time, since then, which has been about what, 20 years now, I guess, I started three different companies. And all these companies began as hobbies. So the first company I started was called Whitney Communication. It was a, a website design company. And uh, the very first deal we got was a $20,000 website design company. And as a matter of fact, we averaged $20,000 for every site we did. Um, we were getting retainer fees for people who wanted us on retainer. People were paying us just to be on a wait list. It was, uh, it was good living. Now, about two years into that, about uh, 2000, I thought, you know, I'm gonna do a Christmas CD for my uh, website design clients. Many people who are familiar with the show know about that Christmas CD. It was called Christmas Acoustic. So the plan was, I'm going to give out, you know, 30 of these things and, you know, God bless you. Happy New Year. 
So I did that. I gave out 30, but it got kind of interesting because I, I mentioned it to some people and you know shared the idea of the CD, and I ended up selling in a month 660 CDs, which is a lot. Now, remind you, I burned every one of those 690 CDs on my little computer at the time. I had a black and white printer, so I printed out 690 stickers and put it on the CD. It was very labor intensive. Uh, but it told me that, hmm, I may have uncovered a, a real need for people. So the next year, I bought a color printer and sold 5,400 CDs. I thought, okay, this is, this is good. I recorded uh, Christmas Acoustic 2, and this is now 2002. I married Melissa, wife 2.0, and I thought, let's test the wedding. Let's test the marriage. I'll have Melissa ship all the CDs I sell this year. So the third year, I sold 15,500 CDs. And it went on from there. I ended up selling 55,000 copies of the Chris Acoustic and Gajazathon CDs, which is pretty fantastic. That led to a company that sold an additional 100,000 copies of my CDs and some friends' CDs as well. At the same time I was playing out, I was doing solo guitar work, and I was charging $400 an hour for a, a one-hour solo guitar gig, and people were paying it all the time. It was pretty cool. I actually ended up getting hurt, though. Physically hurt my arm, uh, had an ulnar nerve problem where I couldn't feel my fingers, um, and got it fixed, but they were always kind of fatigued after that. And then the CD business, as everybody knows, kind of faded away. Around 2005, no, 2005 or so, um, I became aware of this, this concept of podcasting. Apple had announced uh, that, what was it, iTunes 4.7, would support podcasts. Now, I'm not an Apple fanboy, and I didn't know what a podcast was, but I thought, eh, Fortune 500 company, let me check it out. So I did, and I recognized back then that a podcast was a series of audio files that you could subscribe to, and I thought, oh, this is kind of interesting. And at the same time, Melissa and I had just moved to Las Vegas, and it was the Wild West in Las Vegas back then. The house that, we you know, we bought a new house, uh, new construction, and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, the pool builder included at no cost a 200-gallon-a-day leak underneath our deck, which is not a feature. Uh, the landscaper thought that the $1,800 deposit was a gift, and that he didn't have to do anything with that. Now, I resolved both of those things, but I, I was really thinking, huh, this podcasting stuff is kind of cool. So I'm telling Melissa, nah, this podcasting stuff is it. I think this is going to be a big deal. You get to record stuff, and, and people listen to it. And she said, why would anybody want to listen to that? Which doesn't sound supportive but it actually is. And it made me think, you know, I've got to understand what the criteria for success is for a podcast. And so I figured it out. And real briefly, for the audience, you have to entertain and educate. And for the producer, the people you're doing the podcast for, you have to either make them money or motivate people to take action on your behalf. So I decided to test that. So my very first podcast ever, this is in 2005, August 2005, was the Great Relaxation Music Podcast. So I used my best NPR voice. <clears throat> Welcome to the Great Relaxation Music Podcast. Then I'd play a couple tunes from one of the songs that we had on the Great Relaxation Music website. I'd talk about the artist, and then I'd have a call to action. And the call to action was come to the website, listen to music, and buy stuff. We ended up increasing sales 23% directly related to the podcast. I'm like, huh. 
Now, as I said before, it was kind of the wild west here, so I thought, well, we've got to talk a little bit about Vegas. So on January 12th, 2006, we launched The Living in Las Vegas, which, as I said at the top of the show, is the longest-running podcast about Vegas that originates here. The very first episode of a brand-new podcast, we talked about uh, this realtor who we used to help us buy this house. And I actually forget her name now. I think it might have been Julie. I mentioned her one time. First episode, brand-new podcast. She got two deals directly related to that. I remember the very first email I ever received, and it was from a guy named Scott Carone, who basically said, we uh, called up Julie, we're meeting her next week. Two deals. So I proved that you could make money and motivate people to take action because of podcasts. So in August, 2004, or August <laughs> 2006, August 1st, I launched Podworks. We were profitable in, in 30 days. Uh, I was among the very first people to be a full-time podcaster. Still, most people aren't that. Uh, what else? Uh, uh, I have now live streamed to over 100,000 people concurrently, which is pretty cool. And today I'm the most experienced live broadcaster and podcaster in Nevada. Kind of a neat story there. Now, what's interesting about all three of those businesses, web guy, musical guy, podcasty guy, is, as I mentioned before, is they were all hobbies. They were hobbies for me. They're hobbies for other people. And if you want to put downward pressure on your ability to charge for something, compete against people who do what you do for free. What you end up doing is oftentimes finding yourself in a race to the bottom financially. You're trying to compete with people who don't charge very much because it's a side hustle or do it for free because it's fun. And so you find yourself lowering your price to match. That's never been a problem for me, ever. As a matter of fact, we have always pretty much been the, the high price leader in all the things we do. And the reason is because we create good content. We understand the problem we solve and we understand how to tell the story. And so uh, I, over those 20 years, have earned six figures every year. Every 20 years, for 20 years, six figures. Podworks is about ready to uh, approach $2 million. And this is a, a service business, not a buy and sell business. So that's, you know, that's pretty good living. Um, and to help all these businesses, I created a methodology over these last 20 years that helps me uh, do a couple things. First, it keeps people comfortable who I'm talking to, makes me comfortable. I don't have to push hard, I don't have to sell hard. But like for right now, for 2019, we have about an 80% close rate. So all of that stuff going on, I thought, okay, we need to recognize that all these people are asking me about coaching and, I, and, and the ad hoc coaching wasn't working. You know, if somebody talks to me over the phone or they're in the studio, like I do a lot of coaching for Vegas Video Network and Vegas Video Co-op people, but it's, you know, once a month and there's a half-life to all that. So I wanted to formalize and make it a bit more official. So we are quietly launching the Scott Whitney Academy, which is that right there, Dun -da -da -da. which I'm very, very excited about. Now, the Scott Whitney Academy, its premise is, is pretty straightforward. Basically, we help smart business owners master their sales and marketing efforts to grow their business without wasting time, spending needlessly, or struggling with technical complexities. That's the, the gist of what we're trying to achieve here. And what I'm focusing on is three distinctive types of people that, that seem to be uh, the most 
that benefit the most from the kinds of uh, training and mentoring that I can do. So the first person is somebody who's just started a business. Uh, maybe been in it for about a year. They're very, very good at what they do. Um, but as time goes on, they're beginning to worry a little bit about the business, which is all about sales, right? You can be great at what you do, but if you don't know how to close business, that's, that's going to be a problem. So he's beginning to stress out and he's feeling uncomfortable. He wishes it was easier to get people to buy from him. Um, and he's afraid to be a good sales guy. You got to be pushy. Oftentimes, these kind of folks actually avoid sales opportunities because they just don't want to get in the conversation and feel, again, pushy. Um, and we've seen this a couple times where people just offer massive discounts so they don't have to justify what they, why they charge what they charge. So that's the first person, new business owner who's great at what they do but struggling a bit with the sales stuff. Second person is somebody who's got a good business. Oftentimes, they've been around for a number of years and they've done really well with, say, word of mouth. And word of mouth is fantastic, right? You've got basically other people selling for you, but he's begun to hit a saturation play. He's not getting the word of mouth he used to. He's starting to get uncomfortable asking for word of mouth. They're not coming as well as they used to. So he recognizes he's got to diversify and create new revenue streams. But now he's like, oh crap, I've, I've never really had to do sales. Do I have to be pushy to make this happen? starting to kind of freak out a little bit. Um, and then the third person is the person who's already working a nine to five job, which all of us have done at one time or another, typically. He's probably worked for a number of companies. Uh, maybe he's been laid off, but he's certainly known people who's been laid off. And he recognizes that uh, the company really doesn't care about him. They don't owe you anything and you don't owe them anything, which makes it a lot pretty tentative. And he's always thought, you know, I can't get fired if I run my own business, which is true. But he's, how do I jump? Maybe he's doing a side hustle now, making a little bit of money. He may even had customers or friends saying, you should be doing this, but he's got to make the money. He's got to make the nut. And he's like, okay, I want to do this, but man, I don't know anything about sales. And he's beginning to get more and more stressed out because now he's, he's starting to feel bad about himself for not jumping, for not doing what he really wants to do. So what are we going to do to address this? So our first class, which is going to be a live streaming-based class, a one-to-many class, uh, begins Monday. Um, and it is called, boink, Sell Yourself Fearlessly. In 30 days, we're going to remove fear and uneasiness from people who hate selling but love what they do so that they can uncover more opportunities, spend more time on the things they enjoy, and earn the money they deserve. It's pretty exciting. Super exciting. So we've, I've had the uh, absolute pleasure of interviewing and talking to a, a handful of people who I think are going to be fantastic uh, in this group. Really, really excited about what we're going to do for these guys. Um, and the methodology we use for, for Sell Yourself Fearlessly is one I came up with, and, it, and I came up with the acronym based upon a fact out there about education. Now, I didn't go to college, but you can go to college, and you can get a degree in uh, business. You can get a degree in marketing or communications or social media, but ironically, you can't get a degree in the most important part of your business, which is sales. If you suck at sales, you starve. 
So what we've done is we've created a methodology called MBA. And there's a graphic for you right there. And MBA, M stands for mindset, B stands for behavior, and A stands for assimilate. In other words, take all that stuff and work into it. And as you can see on the chart there, for those who are watching the video, we have a number of milestones for each of these groups. So in week one, we have a milestone for mindset for the behavior module, which speaks to how should smart salespeople behave in certain circumstances. We have two weeks of milestones there. And then the assimilate where we integrate both the mindset and the behavior into our day-to-day -day life. We have a milestone for that as well. So that's it. Starts uh, again this, this Monday. I'm pretty excited about that. And uh, tell a friend if you are a small business guy or interested in that kind of stuff, want to get better at sales, I appreciate that. So what's the, uh, the roundup here? Super simple. No shows for July and August. I will be working my ass off on the uh, Scott Whitney Academy. If you're interested uh, in sales tips from me about this kind of content, we have an email list that we're putting together for that. Or if you're interested in getting in maybe this class or a subsequent class, uh, if you go to scottwhitneyacademy.com, at the very bottom of the page, we don't talk much about what we're doing. It's still kind of quiet, kind of a soft opening, if you will. But at the bottom of the page, you'll see a, a link that you can get on our email list, or you can uh, uh, schedule a discovery call to see if, uh, if we're a fit. And that's it. Pretty excited, folks. All right, for that, let's, uh, let's have a drink. What do you think? Yeah? Yeah, okay, let's do it. Down. All righty, it's time for Have a Drink on Me. It's part of the show where I show you a picture of a bar or a speakeasy or a lounge. And you uh, send your guesses to have a drink at VegasVideoNetwork.com. Again, have a drink at VegasVideoNetwork.com. Hey, Pops was gone last week, but he's back now. So let's put him to work. Pops, how do you enter this here contest? Hey, kids. Pops here. Five-time Adam winner. I know what you're thinking. Pops, you old fuck. How can one old guy keep winning a contest over and over and over? Because he cheats. Well, did you know there's bonus entries available? After you send in your initial qualifying entry email with the correct Adam answer to have a drink at VegasVideoNetwork.com, you can get bonus entries for being in the live chat during the drawing, or by sending in a video for the Adam contest, or by doing a video intro for the show, or being quick on the draw and being the first person with a qualifying entry email in to have a drink at VegasVideoNetwork.com. And don't worry, if you're quick on the draw but you jump the shark, if you're wrong when you send in your first answer, you can send in a corrective email. It'll still get entered as long as it comes in in time, and we'll just tease you over being wrong the first time. If you win, you're not qualified to win a following week. No back-to-back -back wins. But it is yeah, like to pop in and say, thank you very much to Scott Whitney and the cast and crew with the Living in Las Vegas podcast on the Vegas Video Network. Yeah, Pops. You did that so well. Let's uh, let's keep working them a little bit. Uh, what kind of prizes can you win, Pops? Let me tell you what you can win this week. This week's Lucky Haddam winner can choose any one of three amazing Scott Whitney guitar CDs. 
Christmas Acoustic 1, Christmas Acoustic 2, or Gajazathon. Proudly displayed here by Bob, undisputed king of the video Haddam entry. Or you can choose the comfortable and stylish Vegas Video Network visor like these lucky winners. Available in the standard black and sometimes in the rare hard to find red. Popular with the ladies and the Russians. Or you can choose the premium prize package. The next time you're going to be in Vegas, you can arrange an evening of sophistication and class with the man himself, the guru of all things Vegas, Scott hey, Whitney. That's me. Well, okay, at least drinks, laughs, and some priceless conversation. Send your entry into Have a Drink at VegasVideoNetwork.com. VegasVideoNetwork.com. Thanks again, Pops. Now, one of the things that Pops didn't mention, what are you going to do? is that if you happen to win the visor, which is this little guy right here, boom, you put that dude on your, your noggin like so, you take a picture, you send that picture to your buddy Scott, I take a look at it, I gawk at it because you're so damn gorgeous or handsome or however you want to be called, and I think to myself, wow, this guy, oh, he's something special. He belongs in the uh, galaxy of God. There is uh, Gregor and Bill, Mr. Testy Sam, Ozzy Dead, and Steve, Michael, Robert, and Rosie, and Scott, Michael, Pinky, and Bob, and Alan, and his wife, Erin, who are nudists, and Bob, Bob's wife, and Danny, and Shan, not Jan, and Craig, and Greg, and Jimmy, and Rob, and then there's Ken, who's in Hawaii with my sweetie. That's very cool. Thank you, Stuart and Christine. Oh, the babies are because of my music. And Don and Jackie and... There's Mike. Put your head down, Mike. Don't shoot me. I'm an innocent. <laughs> Fox. And Sammy and Carol and a dog. And Chris, whose liver is in my backyard. And Brett's that's got And then, of course, our good buddy, Brett. All right. Okay. So because we're not going to be doing a show for two weeks, we're just going to do the pick of the winner today. We're not going to have a new Haddam. We'll have a new Haddam when we start back in September. But let's look at what we've got for this Haddam. Hmm. Goodness. Uh, here is last week's Haddam. Or last episode, I should say. And the first hint was, I live-streamed a donkey, a llama, and an alpaca from one of their three locations. Hint number two was, if you were birthed somewhere and grew up there, you were said to be the name of this bar. And hit number three, the three letters used for their logo reflects exactly what they are. And the name of the bar is Born and Raised. Born and Raised, everybody. Really uh, a fantastic bar. Both of them, gorgeous. Good food, good drinks, good, super nice people. Highly recommended. All right, let's see what we got here. We had 11 out of 12 correct answers. If you could believe it, somebody got it wrong. One wrong. Let's get some people in here. We got a lot of folks in the live chat this week. So we're going to get some doubles and uh, even a triple, I can see for sure. All right. What do we got? Our first entry, our first correct entry. Again, surprising, a bit of an upset. Uh, normally, the, our friends in Australia, Ozzy Deb is the, always the number one. She started to slip a little bit. Um, I think maybe there's been a time change. But number one, Malia. One for the correct answer. Malia. One for being in the live chat. And Malia, one for being the first correct answer. That's a triple for Malia. Congratulations. Malia's been a long time 
listener slash viewer. She, was, she took a break for a while. Now she's back. It's great. Uh, number two, Ozzy Deb. One for the correct answer. Ozzy Deb. One for being in the lion's step. She said that this one was a tough one. So her Google reflexes probably weren't as fast as they used to be. Next up, we have got Kiwi Kim. Kiwi Kim. Kiwi Kim. We have a new person in the live chat called Meat Rocket. <laughs> Holy Christ. What a name that is, huh? Uh, next up, we've got uh, Dale, also known as Blackjack Bolin. Boop. Not the correct answer. We've got Mike Beatty. Boop. Not the correct answer. We've got Mr. Testy. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mr. Testy, one last time. And we all know the rules. You're not supposed to go in this time. Now, he didn't want me to give him a bunch of shit. He basically said, I would like to avoid any verbal beatdown. He knew that he wasn't supposed to do this. And he basically said, it's practice. I, I just want to keep uh, sharp, capable. I want to continue to be a winner. So we're not going to penalize Mr. Testy with a verbal beatdown or a removal of uh, all of his wins. So it was nice that he actually wanted to keep practicing. I dig that back. Okay, next up, Andy in New Hampshire, who we recently had a, uh, a had him with. And then we've got uh, Mike from the Cove. One for the correct answer. And Mike from the Cove and gets one for being in the live chat. Hmm, indubitably. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done that voice before. And I will likely never do it again. And then we've got Binky. Everybody knows Binky, Binky. Yeah, Binky. One for the correct answer. Boink. And then we've got uh, Richard Afez Jitta. Richard Afez Jitta. One for the correct answer. I think I saw him in the live chat. Faze Jitter. Boink. There it is. And then finally, we've got Pops, one for the correct answer. Pops, one for being in the live chat. I think he's won 15 times now. And Pops, one for submitting this video, Opus. Pops, take it away, mi amigo, take it away. Hey kids, this week's correct had answer is born and raised, B-A-R. Makes for pretty good uh, signage with the initials like that. Tells Probably exactly right. what it is. They've got two main locations. One is in the Vegas area and one is in Henderson. And they've got a couple of what they call craft pubs that have popped up, one of which is on the Strip. Not sure about this place. They seem to be much stronger on drink than they are on food. And now I can't drink, so screw it. <laughs> The reports of my death were greatly exaggerated. As you can see, I'm getting better. Thanks for all your concern, people. Uh, Scott and some other people from the live chat contacted me on Facebook when I missed last week's show to check on me. I appreciate it, guys. But sure. I'm still with you. See ya. Thank you, Pops. I bet he wrote, uh, sorry I missed last show. I was responding to new medication. And getting long hours of good sleep for the first time in months. I woke up about two hours after the show and was over and saw your message on Facebook. I, I messaged him, just wanted to make sure he wasn't dead. Uh, thanks for checking on me, but the reports of my death, as he mentioned, were premature, and I'm now on the upswing. Meds are working. <laughs> Lab test numbers are improving. <laughs> and I feel much better. Cheers. Pops. All righty. All right, what we got? La-da-dee. La-da-da. 
Who is going to be our winner? La da dee, la da da. Then the winner is. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, outsiding. Oh, it is a live chat person, somebody who's in the live chat. He doubled his capabilities because he got himself in the live chat. He is from the town from which I was born. Mike from the Coup. Congratulations, my friend. Well done. Well done indeed. And that, oh, so we have a question uh, from the live chat. We're wrapped up here. I'm going to take this one question from Mike. Do you think El Dorado will buy out Caesars? Oh, well, this is an interesting question. So as, as many of you know, the, the strip is going to change, it would appear with regards to who owns stuff. So right now, MGM and Caesars owns, I'm going to say around 80-ish percent of all the casinos on the Strip, Mandalay Bay up to, say, Strat. Um, and uh, Caesars is uh, in the process of breaking that up. They're for sale. Everything's for sale. Um, I, I don't know. I know a lot of people, um, well, a lot, uh, there's probably a handful of companies who are said to be in the game, some of which I know and some of which uh, I don't. I can't really talk about who they are for a variety of reasons. Um, I think it's going to happen. I think uh, people are going to buy them. I don't know who's going to buy them. Um, and I don't know what the correct motivation is. So, for example, people have been talking about the sale of Rio for decades. Oh, they're going to tear it down and they're going to build a baseball, a, a pro ball stadium there. Yeah. Fantastic. They've been talking about that for four years. I have a friend who owns a, who owns something, who owns a business there and they talked to the CEO and they're like, uh, I, no, I wouldn't have re-upped as a CEO if this was a deal. So uh, I don't know. I, I think what's going to be interesting is whether or not this breakup will affect the things that piss people off. So resort fees and parking fees, you know, you're starting to see people pull back a little bit on that, but still, for instance, I thought Cosmo might pull back. They're still charging for parking fees. Um, and I think that if you buy a property, let's say you buy a property from Caesars, they're never gonna give up Caesars. So pick another one, say Paris. They buy Paris or Planet Hollywood. What are they going to do? Are they going to say, yeah, we're going to give up the parking fees and the resort fees? Almost no chance at the jump. Well, if they did it, they would do it at the jump. Otherwise, that's revenue. And, you know, you're buying one of these things. This business is hard. And if you look at the revenue on the strip, it tends to be dropping from what I've read. And I don't know if that's because of the parking stuff or not. I actually have always believed and will continue to believe that there is a reason that people are doing, that these casinos are doing this. The reason why casinos charge for parking and charge for resort fees after they've never done that is because the product they're selling is not as good as it used to be. That's the only reason you do that. If the product they were selling was as good as it used to be or better, in other words, if revenue was growing because the product was good, they wouldn't need to do this. They could continue to be cool, but they're not doing that. So they're saying, hey, our product isn't as good as it used to be whether it's food or drink or entertainment or gaming or whatever it is. So we're going to charge to make up for that, the, uh, the, you know, the, the low end part of that, which I, I think is not, not great. It doesn't speak much to the, the actual product that they sell. And it'd be interesting to know what percentage of their income is parking and is resort fees. 
for some properties, I'd say it's pretty high, especially when some properties, the resort fee is higher than the actual room charge as well. So, you know, it could be a, a high percentage. And then you're saying a high percentage of my business is from parking or resort fees. That does not uh, bode well from a, yeah, we've got a nice, a nice product to serve you. So, uh, I don't know. I, uh, I think the breakup will be interesting. I think that the other downside, of course, is people who've got rewards cards, right? If you have a total rewards card, you've got a bunch of places that you can play and that's, that power is going to go away. Um, and I don't know what MGM is going to do other than lay off a bunch of people. If I've already done that and they said they're done with that. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to respond to that, be quite frankly. Uh, it's interesting, though. All right, that's, uh, that's it, kids. Thanks for playing along. Short show. I appreciate that. Hey, if you guys want to reach out to us, you can do that by going to honorq at livinginlv.com. Just send an email to honorq at livinginlv.com. And if you want to send a voicemail, you can go to our website and do that. We're on all the social media. We're on iTunes and YouTube and Roku and Stitcher and TuneIn and Spotify and Chromecast and all the Apples and Googles and Fire TVs and all that stuff and Google Play. And of course, we're on the Vegas Video Network as well. So thanks so much for playing along, everybody. We'll see you in a couple months. Uh, and until then, take care. That's awesome.